0: I'm Danica Juarez, and I'm Jan James, and this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica, and I'm Jan,
1: and I'm Valerie.
2: And today we watched uh, The Rescuers, the, the first one, about the two little mice who rescue a girl from bad guys.
0: Bernard and Bianca.
2: Yes.
1: Yes. The mice, not the bad
2: guys. <laughs> <Right>. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, who would like, I mean, I almost kind of did it, but pretty would much it? Did. Yeah, I pretty <clears throat> much did it. I guess I'll do this brief spoiler free plot synopsis. Yes. yes. There's two little mice. Uh, one was formerly a janitor, but got conscripted by the, uh, other to, to help with the rescue aid society. They got a note in a bottle that a girl needed help. So they go. To the swamp where she's being held prisoner by a uh, evil lady and her bumbling sidekick guy and two alligators, crocodiles, whatever. Uh, <laughs> same difference, whatever. At me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they go and they to to help rescue the girl, and that's that's what the movie's about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Without getting into spoilers, uh, what would you get? What did you guys think? And would you recommend it?
1: I've always liked this movie, and yeah, I think I'd recommend it. Uh, it's cute. I I enjoy it.
0: I would agree. I think it's really cute. I think it is just uh, just a lot of fun, and I would recommend it.
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's fine. I'd recommend it. <laughs> you sounded so
0: enthusiastic. <laughs> I I mean, I think it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah not the, like, it's, it's not it's the not... best movie ever written, but it's just it's really cute. Sure. Yeah.
2: Any, anything else before we move on to other stuff? Let's get specific. So, let's start talking about the story and the characters and the voice acting. All of that stuff. Actually, before we start talking about that, I have some fun facts to share. I actually have many fun facts for this movie, but I'm not going to do them all at once. But there are several that I need to do at once. For one... This film is based on a series of books by Marguerite Sharp. It says as much in the opening, though it words it interestingly. Its initial re- it did it did well financially everywhere. Uh, but I just wanted to point out that its initial release in France outgrossed that of Star Wars. France oh, loved my this movie.
0: Gosh. Holy
2: cow. Um, This film has a long and troubled production history. It actually first entered production in 1962. And and for reference, if you're not, not sure when it came out, it came out in 1977. So it first entered production in 1962 when Walt Disney was still alive. But he shelved it due to not liking the political overtones, which might sound confusing based on this but the original treatment of it involved a poet being held captive by totalitarian government so it was a totally different plot and i think it was more based on yeah i think it was more based on the original book of of hers and her series or or whatever um so yeah that was shelved because walt didn't like it the project was revived in the 70s to be completed by younger animators headed by don bluth this version would have involved a captured polar bear being rescued who would be voiced by Louis Prima, who you might know as King Louis from The Jungle Book. And he was also just a well-known jazz singer. Okay. Um, and he was set to play the polar bear and to perform six songs in the movie. Oh. Unfortunately, in 1975, Prima discovered he had a brain tumor and was unable to continue in the role. Oh. Yeah. Um, so mm. then that version got scrapped. And then the version that they eventually made, they basically voted between it and another concept idea and decided to go with it. And then the old animators took over and the newer animators were shunted to smaller roles. Don Bluth, I think, had the highest of those of those roles because he does get mentioned in the opening credits but but yeah it got overtaken by the old animators when it was originally supposed to be or not originally and its second original incarnation was supposed to be headed up by a younger crew and then wow. final Big difference is originally Cruella Deville was going to be the main villain. Oh. Um, but this ended up being dropped because some of them, I think Ollie Johnston in particular, who was one of the head animators, felt that the idea of creating a sequel felt wrong Mm. which is ironic given that the rescuers would end up being the very first disney movie to receive a sequel it's a
1: good sequel Hmm.
2: yeah it is but that's not what we're talking about today we're talking about the original uh but yeah so there was multiple versions of this movie that could have exist existed ranging from something involving uh rescuing a poet from a totalitarian government to rescuing a polar bear who was forced to do tricks who uh had the voice of a jazz singer to this basic movie, but Cruella DeVille's the villain instead. (laughs) To this actual movie. Lots of lots of different ways this could have gone.
0: Interesting. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So now let's we can actually start getting specific and yeah, what any notes you guys have?
0: Well, I like this version. I really I really like how they had the little girl just not be some perfect, beautiful little girl and it just she just really stole my heart. I love, of course, Eva Gabor and Bob Newhart. They're such they're they are deaf have distinctive, very distinctive voices. But I do feel like they did very good voice work, uh, overall. Uh especially I mean it it, it their characters just even though I I can distinctly hear them, I just still fell in love with their little characters.
2: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And and little fun fact for Ava Gabor, uh, as you might have noticed in the beginning when Bianca came in, she sat at the seat that had a Hungarian uh, label on it, which is, of course, a nod to Ava Gabor's actual nationality. Yeah. So this is just a fun, fun little visual because they don't I don't think they even reference it in dialogue. But
0: I'm almost positive that I heard when they were taking off flying and the uh, albatross went through a red light. She said, go ahead. I do it all the time, darling, which she actually did in real life. And there was a big stink because I think she slapped the face of a police officer who pulled her over. Good for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she was she's like she was notorious. But also for that. don't
2: run red lights because you can injure yourself and others. Um, yeah. But good for slapping a cop. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it was a. Red light, or just a traffic violation, or whatever it was, but it, it probably was a red light because I think that was the line in the in the movie. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs>
2: yeah, I did. I did not know. Yeah. Interesting backstory. Yeah,
0: she got a fun fact for yeah. You. yeah, thanks for the fun fact, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I do, and of course, she was, and I know y'all probably never saw it. It was such a goofy, almost along the lines of Beverly Hillbillies, but it was. Uh, Green Acres. And she played, again, this sophisticated woman like she is and very refined in this podunk, podunk farm that just looked like, you know, well, anyway, um, in the middle of nowhere and and yeah, with her husband and in this little podunk town. So her voice, I've, I've always enjoyed her since then. She's just such a distinctive person. But bottom line, we talked about how did that transfer. And I know we've, um, alluded to this before, not all good actresses or actors make good voice actors or actresses, but in but I do feel like Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor are one of those that do do a nice job.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like they did great with their characters, really yeah. delivered a lot of personality, and but didn't... I mean, I guess part of why they might not feel distracting to me is because I had never seen them in anything else. Um, they are definitely... Actors from a time before my... The stuff that I really viewed as a kid. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought they did great.
1: Yeah. No, yes, I, I love Ava. Yes. Like, I love her in this role.
2: Yes. Bianca's such a queen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: I thought that it was a really interestingly moody and stylized opening. Yeah. Where we just, mm-hmm. like, open on this, like, dark, dank swamp and then see a child like come out of a door and you can see that there's some, some alligators, crocodiles, whatever. And she drops a thing. And then we have the whole intro song and, and like really painterly stills of the bottle traveling. Yeah. It was just really interesting way to open a movie. And it certainly made it easier for me to sit through opening credits, uh, having, having these interesting pictures and like a journey underway as, as they went.
1: Yeah, it was super interesting how well. I mean, this is animation, but the uh, the canvassed background was, was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, the, for the opening part only. Once they shifted into the film, then it's the uh, regular animated type stuff.
2: Sure, they. I. I'd still. I'd still say that they have quite painterly backgrounds. Sure. For the movie, but it's definitely not stylized in the same way that those opening shots are with the traveling of the bottle. Also, when the mice, uh, first showed up, Valor was like, Oh, they're so cute. Like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> they
1: are very cute. Yeah. They're... I was wondering. So they're at the UN, the human people are. And I, I really liked their design. They're pretty cool. But then mice started coming off of, out of their like bags or like there's a, I guess a, some guy's pouch. And I was wondering, I'm like, okay. What if they catch the mice in there? Like how do, how would they react? But then maybe they're like their pets. Maybe like they just happen to be leaders and have leader leader mice pets that they take for meetings. I don't know. I thought that was
0: funny. <laughs> I well, I think I don't know. My impression was that the mice had their own secret world that nobody really paid attention to because they were so small. But regardless, I too I I just adored the diversity and I loved how too many of the mice mimic similar clothing that their different you know ethnicities around the world also wore um, in human form. So that was really fun.
2: Two, two comments um, from me. One is that the part that most took me out of the idea that they have their own society or whatever that's like totally separate which is obviously what the main line of the film wants us to believe. But the part that took me out of that the most was when they just ride a regular escalator and like they're between two humans as they go up. And I'm like, does no human in this universe look at their feet ever? Because I look at my feet constantly. And especially especially if I'm on on an escalator, I look at the steps in front of me.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that too. I totally look at my feet on an escalator. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then also... I like the diversity, too, but I'm really not sure about how the Asian mice were drawn mm, yeah they they had you know like line eyes, and like uh, everyone that I could see had like those long mustache things or whatever that symbolized, like old Chinese men or whatever and in most american things and and yeah that that felt a little icky,
1: yeah, yeah, there was We could talk about that and how it holds up, I think,
2: yeah. Can can we talk about the zoo scene? Because I don't get it. I feel like that whole scene could have just been excised and nothing would have been lost.
0: Yeah, especially since they didn't show the lion.
2: Yeah, it felt weirdly paced and really low on visual detail. And, like, I feel like it wouldn't have bothered me as much if it had gone exactly how it did and then she didn't say anything about the lion. But the fact that she then brings up this lion that we never saw, it makes it feel like we should have just seen that rather than just him going into darkness and then running back out. It's like if there's going to be this whole exchange that he had with a lion, it feels like we should have seen something of that. I don't know. Which it feels like it's an, an to save on animation, but I just... And ultimately, like, I got to the end of that scene and I was like, that didn't really add anything to the story at all, though, did it? Or or really even the characters. Like, we get plenty of, of scenes throughout the movie showing Bernard's, like, uh, being afraid of things, but then, like, trying to do them anyway to either impress or prevent Bianca from having to do a dangerous thing. Like that's his characterization through the whole movie. We didn't need that scene to set that up. So yeah, it just feels like a scene that's pointless to me and mm-hmm. I not agree. very well done. I don't know.
0: No, that makes sense.
2: It's not like it ruins the movie or anything. It's, it's just felt weird to me.
0: I would agree. I mean, because I don't, you know, we can talk about it some and how's it hold up. I think it's kind of that, Males always have to rescue the females, you know, and him proving himself to Bianca. But like you said... Well, sure, but that's,
2: again, a a thread that runs throughout the whole movie. Exactly. So I don't understand the point of this scene because it doesn't even, like, set that up. There's plenty of other things that show that bit of characterization they want to have. And we can definitely, in the how's it hold up section, talk about that whole idea but i just for the actual zoo scene it's like why is it even there it's not very visually interesting it doesn't do much for the characters and it does nothing for the plot so why is it there
0: right because yeah i mean bottom line they didn't show the line they didn't show that interaction and they didn't to me okay They didn't even do a good job of setting up and scary. Sometimes, sometimes the unseen can be scary, but they, but they didn't even do that. I mean, you didn't feel, you didn't feel scared for necessarily for Bianca or him, you know, like with the use of shadows, like they were in great peril. In fact, when they rounded the corner and absolutely nothing came after them and there was no sound, it was kind of like, well, Well, were they really even in that much danger? Yeah, like, what
2: even happened? Did he just elucidate? Like, you don't know until she starts talking about a lion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird scene. I liked that Rufus the cat didn't want to like chase the mice or whatever he was just like hey get out of here i'll be kicked I've, out if they think mice i moved loved
0: in. i loved rufus i and i loved his characterization and i love how they made him look old with a mustache and the glasses that was adorable <laughs> oh my gosh that was adorable but yeah i loved his characterization it was kind He's of very like, cute Yeah. And it was kind of like, oh, no, mice have moved in here. Yeah. Y'all can't do. Yeah. It was like, you can't do this. They're going to kick me out. No. And I'm too old to chase mice. You know, it was so cute.
2: Yeah. Oh, also, you were wondering, um, Valerie, the during the flashback that Rufus is talking about where he was talking with Penny and stuff. Um, at one point he, he kind of starts saying something that sounds like poetry because it is poetry. It's, he's specifically reciting part of a poem called Faith is a Bluebird.
0: Oh, yeah. and I, and I loved his interaction with Penny and, and that just, it was, it was precious. And I loved how later when she was saying her prayers with Teddy, she, you know, prayed for Rufus and, and all of that. Just, yeah, just so heartwarming.
2: This is much later in the movie, but I found it, it's set up that they have a lot of fireworks. So that's fair, I guess. But it's interesting that they have letter fireworks that oh, spell out got <laughs> girl. Yeah, I know. I know. I
0: know. That was great. That was great. Could,
2: could he only do that once? Do they have multiple sets of that? Like, how does, <laughs> I want to know more about the, about the fireworks, yeah, <laughs> the letter weird. fireworks.
0: Yeah. That, that seems to be his speciality. I don't know. Hey, here's something. I don't know when's a, the good time to bring this up, but the two crocodiles, uh, Brutus and another b I think.
1: Nero? Or Nero, I think. Oh, Nero, Nero
0: and, and Brutus, right? I think so. I was like, who do they remind me of? When they would prance. And and try to capture uh, Bianca and Bernard, and especially the organ scene where one of them was playing and the other was trying to grab with his paws. And then it hit me. They so reminded me, the animation and their movements, of Lucifer the Cat in Cinderella
2: when Ah, and i I was like
0: i was like who do they remind me of because they animated him almost like that lucifer would have those same kind of things and and the paws trying to grab grab the mice uh, gus gus and i i was just like oh my Ah, gosh these these i wonder i
2: don't i don't think it'd be super easy for me to look up um I'm, i'm i'm not sure but i wonder if it's literally some of the same animators because definitely several of the, like, they're called the Nine Old Men or whatever, who are some of the most prolific Disney animators. Several of them worked on this film. I wonder if some of the ones who worked on this film also did the animation for, uh, I just blanked on the caption. Lu- Lucifer.
0: Lucifer. 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 Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I wonder. That's, I mean, it's possible. And either way, it's, yeah, like I definitely see the similarity now that you brought it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially like I said, the organ scene where they it was just tapping with the one like like almost cl- or you know finger fingernail, and then the other was above there just trying to grab them as they blow out of the pipes. Yeah, it just it was great. It was like Lucifer trying to pick up the cups. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So yeah, that was that was fun. I I enjoyed watching the the crocodiles. They cracked me up.
2: I thought the cave diamond scene was, was very harrowing um, where where she's in the cave and has to get the diamond and they're trying to help her yes. and all the water and stuff. It's it's a very tense scene, I would say. They, they did a very good job just pacing and blocking and all of that for it to make it feel, yeah, just difficult.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, totally shifting. One of my favorite side characters in the world was even rude am i saying that right even rude Uh uh-huh oh my gosh even rude was adorable and when he would poop out he was a little dragonfly and he would motor the boat and he also and oh my gosh at the is this would it be spoilers for me to talk about um bianca and bernard going off on another adventure i mean after this was resolved
2: i think that's fine that's vague it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't really have anything to do with how the main story of this goes. So yeah, I think it's fine, and I, I don't think any of us expected Avonrood to die. So it's not like spoilers that Avonrood's still alive or anything.
0: Yeah, is it Evenrud or Avonrood? Oh, it was, I don't know. One I thought of the it was two. Okay.
2: Although, um, while we're on the subject, Avonrood is named after a brand of outboard motors.
0: Oh, that's yeah. so cute. So that's what oh, the name's that's about. That's so funny silly yeah that's so funny okay so back to even rude real quick so he also had a mustache and i loved him so much and then at the very end of the movie after this this episode was resolved because again they're part of the what rescue is it? aid society the Re- yeah the rescue aid society bianca and bernard were going to take off on another mission and Avon rude came and ends up appearing and it's winter time and he's wearing a little scarf or like a, you know, a, um, a woolen scarf. And, and I'm trying to remember if he had a hat too, but he was adorable and he's sitting in their airplane, which was basically on top. It was a sardine can, like one of the kind where you have to roll it, like peel it back. You know, this metal can. You know, this
2: kind that, that millennials can relate to.
0: <laughs> yes. Gen Zers well, know
2: what we're talking about. That was
0: even before my time. But I want to say it's like a can of Spam or something. I don't know. I don't know. But if it's, if I hated Spam, I never got Spam. But it was this kind of thing you had to roll. But bottom line is, it was strapped on top of this alba, albatross. And so.
2: Named Orville. Yes.
0: Yes. And Avon you know, was in it with them. And so he was in between Bianca and Bernard. And you just see his little, little head, you know, and with that little scarf. And yeah, it just, he's adorable. I just love he's
2: him. He's very cute. Since you brought up Orville, fun facts. A pigeon was initially considered for the role, um, but was changed due to an, alba- uh, to an albatross due to their clumsy takeoffs and landings. Basically, someone saw a nature documentary about an albatross and was like, oh, that'd be much more funny. Yeah,
1: that's funny. Yeah, oh, that is true. And
2: also, yeah. uh, Orville is voiced by Jim Jordan, and this ended up being Jordan's final public performance. He actually was coaxed out of retirement to voice this role. He hadn't performed. Since 1961, which is when his wife and comic partner died. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, so they they brought Jim Jordan out of retirement to, to voice Orville.
0: Oh, he did a really good job.
2: Yeah. He was, I think, 80 or something like that. Like, he was old.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I also enjoyed the uh, Swamp Crew.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: The Swamp Crew was great. And I, I, I recognize the voice actor luke yeah yeah it was luke who was always, uh, who was drinking, always drinking the, the yes. moonshine the moonshine okay. fun
2: fact he's voiced by pat bootrum who also voiced the sheriff of nottingham and robin hood mm-hmm. among some other disney voice roles i think he also did the old dog uh, chief or whatever in fox and the hound like yeah he he's done several disney voice roles and that was him he always makes me specifically think of the sheriff of nottingham because that's just the one that I think of the most with that voice. He's a very prominent character in that movie. Um, yes. But yeah. yes, he has a
0: very, very distinctive voice. And I didn't remember his name, but I knew that I, you know, recognized that voice. But yes, yeah, so I, I loved, again, just that swamp crew. <laughs> and I liked even like the turtle. So it was just a, a very, like, I don't know, I think a rat, a, a turtle, um, a, a raccoon. Was it a raccoon?
2: I'm not sure what all of the animals were. I don't
0: know. A, I don't know. but do but they were, like, coveralls, a mole, yeah. A Co- mole,
2: a rabbit, a turtle. Uh,
1: the I, Were they rats? What were they? The the, the the woman.
2: I think they were, like, prairie dogs or something like that. Yeah, Something a little bigger.
0: Mm. Uh, but I like that crew. They were great.
2: We haven't actually talked about our main villain pair. Oh. Um, so some fun facts. I'll start with Mr. Snoop's. His character's appearance was caricatured from animation historian John Colhane. Colhane claims he was practically tricked into posing for various reactions, and his movements were (laughs) imitated on Mr. (laughs) Snoop's model sheet. However, he stated, becoming a Disney character was beyond my wildest dreams of glory. That's funny. Um, less happy fun fact. He was voiced by Joe Flynn, and this was Flynn's final role before his death in 1974. Uh, they they got him to record fairly early because, again, this movie came out in 77. And 1975 was when they changed the polar bear idea. Oh. So, yeah, Snoops was apparently in it relatively early because, yes, uh, unfortunately, Joe Flynn died in 1974 and he was only 49. Um, there was like a oh, drowning goodness. accident or something.
0: Oh, wait, a lot of sad. I know.
2: Um, Then we have Madame Medusa who is the character that makes me most uncomfortable in this movie, for reasons that I'm about to make very clear. This character was based on animator Milt Call's then-wife Phyllis Bounds, whom he was not fond of. This was Call's last film for the studio, and he wanted his final character to be his best. He was so insistent on perfecting Madame Medusa that he ended up doing almost all the animation for the character himself. So... Madame Medusa's design and how she is is based on a dude who resented his ex-wife
1: hmm yeah that's
2: it makes it hard to watch yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> like just looking at how immaculately she is animated and knowing that it was like one dude's grudge who's just like I want to make everyone hate this lady so much mm-hmm is uncomfortable that could obviously be in the how's it hold up section too but it is one of our main characters so yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Hmm. she's not a real she's not a real likable character That's for
2: sure. no anything else in the this section story characters voice acting before we move on to animation Gonna take that long silence as a no animation. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, I found it interesting that they had very painterly backgrounds, and then I found when Medusa's driving her car really awfully as she leaves her sleazy poncho. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of Corella Deville. I really felt the Corella Deville influence uh, in that scene in particular.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so that's what I was commenting on earlier. Um, now that was good and, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and I do uh, and just shifting back to something you mentioned earlier and that Valerie did, and some, y'all both did at the beginning, is I really did like the intro with the credits and everything just being the still background and telling telling more of a story with pictures than actual moving animation. so I did really enjoy that.
2: um, I love Evan Root's sweater. It's very cute. Yes. I yes. like when they get the diamond and Mr. Snoops wants to see it. So she like super briefly flashes it at him. That's funny. That was a nice little uh, visual gag. My, main, my big note for this one is I think that the dark swamp environment is part of why I like this one a lot less than its sequel. Because it's dour and not very visually pleasing. And we spend most of the movie in it. It's just not a very fun environment to be in, especially compared to what the sequel eventually did, which was, like, many varied fun environments from Australia. <laughs> um Much more visually dynamic and pleasing. This is just, like, most of the movie is in a swamp, and even some of the scenes that aren't in a dark swamp are, like, at night and are dark and just... Visually, this movie isn't very pleasing, to me at least. Like, it does... Aesthetically, it is not one of my favorite movies to watch.
0: That's that's fair. I mean, especially is it's a very <laughs> this is going to sound so a very moody movie because the uh, the mood is just very is very down and dismal and, and which I hopeless. think is
2: mostly the visuals because really the actual story and like some of the like silly gags and stuff like that aren't fitting in that mood. It's mostly, like, the environments they're in, and then I guess, like, the reality of, like, two adults kidnapping a child and forcing her to go into a cave to get a diamond is pretty messed up.
1: Yeah, like, they think she's run away, they're not looking for her, so... Because
2: she's an orphan, so... Yeah, you
1: have that dark, like you said, reality, so I, I think it fits.
2: Yeah, like, I think this movie is definitely way darker, not just visually, but also just kind of what that basic plot is compared to the second one where it's like mostly a stupid kid getting into trouble that he didn't need to be a part of. (laughs) I think it's uh, fairly safe to say that the, the child that needs to be rescued in this one is much better and more sympathetic than the child that needs to be rescued in the sequel, which we can really dissect when we watch the sequel soon. But... Yeah, I think that's the one area of this movie that I definitely prefer, is that I like Penny a lot more than I like whatever the name of the kid is in the second one.
1: Yeah, Penny's super cute in her little, like, character design with her, like, tooth gap. Yes. She's, like, a little rebellious, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to run away and all of that. uh, Making fun of Medusa, trying to be hopeful yeah, like she's a really good character.
0: Two things. One, I'll first go along with what uh with little Penny is, yes, yeah, she's actually uh, a very empowered little protagonist. She actually tries to escape multiple times and and help herself. She doesn't she's not even afraid of the the two alligators and she even makes reference to that to the man, you know, it, it makes kind of fun of him that he's afraid of them and she's not and then, again, she she stands up to Medusa as, you know, she stands up to everyone. And, yeah, so I just think she's a very strong little, little protagonist, even though she's this young little girl. And then I was just going to say, visually, it, even the beginning where Bernard and Bianca go to the orphanage, that was also a very kind of dark. It was very heartwarming when, you know, you had Rufus... Um, interacting but it, it just the colors it just everything just the I don't know just the browns you know almost black yeah it's, it's a pretty
2: muted color palette I would say
0: so just that depressing I don't know that just that that cold stark hopeless I don't know depressing vibe
1: I wonder if it's a reflection of the types of movies that it was like maybe homage to something of- War movies are just kind of those suspense films that just, not that it doesn't translate well, but that it, it's just, you know, more muted, more toned down. And so it's not as visually uplifting.
0: Well, it almost reminded me of Annie, you know, in the orphanage, it's a hard knock life and all of that. And the kind of even all the clothes that the orphans would wear were just these brown or tans and the orphanage the orphanage was, just very color muted and and bland and yucky looking. I don't know. That remind me of Annie.
2: What do you think this movie would have been like if it were live action? Do you think you would have enjoyed it as much?
0: <laughs> no, because you couldn't have done you couldn't have done Bernard and Bianca. They're they're what really made the movie.
2: Yeah, I think this movie would be hard to pull off as written
0: at that time.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially in 1977. Yeah, yeah, I
1: don't know. especially having them do. Even if it were, like, you did it of this time and it was CG or something, the believability of the things that the mice did in animation versus uh, CG, like, working against real objects...
2: I mean, given the rate at which Disney is churning out live-action remakes, maybe one day we'll find out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I hope not, because even then, two penny, and we've talked about this with other pieces that we've discussed. The range of emotions, and you know, her little facial expressions, and all of that, would just be hard to capture, even in a great little actress. Her faces,
2: as they were lowering her into the hole.
0: Oh my Uh (laughs) God. And when Ugh. they took her bear, I mean, it was just...
1: Yeah, I'm still thinking about the mice. Like, if they're going to for their super realistic animation, you're just going to have these, like, real-looking mice doing stuff. And, like, part of the charm is their clothing that they wear, the interaction, like, they had little raincoats, little hats, a little umbrella. It just...
2: I'm going to call it... When Disney makes a live-action version of this... None of the mice are going to talk, and we're just going to like silently follow them as they do these little things. And then Penny's going to have to carry most of the dialogue of the movie, her and and the and the villains. And we, so we won't have like some of the gags with like the alligators trying to get the the mice and stuff like that. We we probably won't have like uh, the the Hick crew that's that's uh, trying to help or whatever.
1: Yeah, and and like, uh, yeah,
2: it'll be terrible. I,
1: don't, I can. I don't see how you couldn't have them talk. I think they'd have to talk. I think it wouldn't be... Maybe like
0: Stuart Little or something. But then you couldn't have even Rude... How could you, how could you animate a, a, an adorable dragonfly like that?
2: Well, I mean, in fairness, Pixar has made a movie where they made a cockroach cute. So making a bug cute is possible. But if God. Disney's trying to do it hyper-realistic like all of their remakes have been uh, that that'll be harder to pull off
0: i just would not want it to would do be terrible don't
2: do it disney
0: i know and then little
1: rufus is uh, he gonna have a cat mustache and cat glasses uh, probably I not
2: i know oh, please I just know. put glasses on the cat <laughs> yes.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> give the cat glasses
0: <laughs> so cute
2: let's talk Ooh. about sound design and stuff i only have two little notes here one, I like the squeaking of the cart carrying the bottle in the beginning. Like, when they're like, okay, bring out the bottle. And they're like, oh, you hear yes. this, like, little squeaking as they're pulling this cart. <laughs> I just like that. Uh, <laughs> second, didn't like that little piece of, like, Mexican flair music or whatever that cropped up when Mr. Snoops was, like... Was he, like, trying to crush them or something?
1: Yeah, he was trying to step on them. Yeah. And I think maybe she was shooting at his feet.
2: Maybe something like that. But yes, and there was just this little riff, like, he wasn't even doing a particular dance, like...
1: I think it's, like, the hat dance or something. Yeah,
2: but it is stupid. I didn't yeah, like it. I
1: didn't like it either. That really ruined just a, a, a funny scene.
2: Right. Yeah. Do we want to go on to the next part?
1: Are we not going to talk about any of those songs?
0: I'm sorry,
2: yes, we can definitely talk
0: about the songs. Yeah, song. I, the songs were really moving, and the lyrics were beautiful. There are one,
2: two, three, four 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 songs plus a reprise uh in here most of them are sung by shelby flint the journey tomorrow is another day and someone's waiting for you and then tomorrow's another day gets a reprise and then there's of course the rescue aid society song
1: yes i love that song i do it's a cute song i but pretty much only for when ava comes in singing it yes She's so good. Yes. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, But I did love, I did really like the songs. To me, they helped, I don't know, express Penny's little heart. And I just, they were just very touching.
2: I think that they were cute, but also they're not very distinctive. And I couldn't tell you what one sounds like versus the other. Yeah, Like they all... If I didn't, like, have a thing in front of me telling me that there's three different songs, it could have just been the same song used multiple times as far as I could tell. Like, they they don't sound very different.
0: I can, I, I get that. I think I just realized probably why I enjoyed them so much as I have closed captioned always on my TV so I can read the lyrics too. So yeah, but they were just beautiful. The
2: lyrics were by Carol Connors and Ann Robbins. And then Someone's Waiting For You also had um, some assistance from Sammy Fane. Um, Yeah, I think, I think they're fine. I don't think that they're super memorable and they're definitely hard to tell apart because they all just have the same sonic quality
0: yeah i agree with valerie though the rescue a society song was very you know distinctive but it was great yeah
2: i think it's definitely the most memorable even if most of it is sung fairly poorly
0: <laughs> yes and intentionally
1: so in the beginning right yeah when they're looking at this lady yeah who's... Off key. yeah yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after how's it hold up we've already talked about the big one, in that it's really gross that one of the head animators based an entire character around his at the time wife that he disliked. Yeah. That's just really gross and sexist and unpleasant. Um Definitely. There's also Rufus saying trashy people and sleazy pawn shop, which was just uncomfortable for me to hear a cat say about people. <laughs>
1: and and to- again, it's it's in reference to this Character who is like heavily based on a real person. Yeah. That, that, you know, that person put into this role.
2: Uh, we also more minorly had, uh, the dude who like leads the Rescue Aid Society, not necessarily the leader of it, but the one who leads discussion or whatever, uh, saying, not like the old days when it was a man's world. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I didn't need you to say that. Just kind
1: of benevolent yeah. sexism there of like, she shouldn't do this alone. And that's kind of, a part of Bernard's character. It's kind of...
2: Yeah, like, I, Bernard, it seems... He's very protective of Bianca, and I feel like the movie does a pretty decent job of showing she really doesn't need it. Yeah. But it's still kind of annoying that that's a character trait of his, that yeah. he, like, feels like she needs protection.
1: Yeah, I I kind of waffle on it. Of
2: I don't hate it, but... It's not the best.
1: Yeah, he it's not like he's saying, You can't do this. Yeah. It's more of like I I'd rather be the one in danger. Like than I care about
2: you. Yeah.
1: So like I will look first and then usually she has to go and help him anyway. They have to help each other because they're little mice. Yes. Uh, so they get wrapped up in things. But but yeah, starting it off with the guy saying, Well it's not like back in the old days. Yeah.
2: Also, I lied when I said that we already discussed the big thing, because the thing that everyone listening to this episode wants me to talk about yes. <laughs> is, is the controversy. So in 1999, the fil- this film's second VHS release was recalled. The reason being that there were two non-consecutive frames during a flight scene where they're on Orville, where you can see a topless woman in the window. This can only be seen by pausing the film at precisely the right time, and this wasn't in the original VHS release because that version was made from a different print. So that was a thing that was in there. A Disney spokeswoman said that these images were inserted in post-production before the film's initial theatrical release, but declined to say who inserted them. So... Yeah, basically, you could freeze frame the, the second VHS release of the film and find two sm- little frames where a window had a topless lady in it. Yeah. Like a real picture, should... like a real picture of a lady, not a drawn woman.
0: No, no. Yeah. I, I'm still not getting, like, in in the animated human plane that was in the backdrop of... No. no. As they're
2: on Orville, and they pass a bunch of skyscrapers yeah. that oh. have windows in
0: them. Like oh, my God. Yeah.
2: Got it. There are two frames in which one of the windows has a topless woman in it.
0: Like, what is up with that? Seriously,
2: We don't know. There's been, like, how I always heard it talked about was that a disgruntled animator did it. Um, the Disney spokeswoman specifically said that it wasn't an animator and that it was someone, someone did it in post-production, but then did not give any more details. So I'm not sure that we'll ever necessarily know exactly why it happened. There are also, especially at the time, people who theorized that Disney did this on purpose because there had been other controversies before in Disney movies, like the towers on the uh, little mermaid thing that look like penises or whatever, um, or, or the wind uh, when Simba lays down that goes out and spells out sex, except it actually sells out SFX. Like there had been stuff like that, that Disney didn't really comment on. But they specifically commented on this and made it a bigger deal than it and more widely known than it would have been had they not. So there are some people who think that they did it to boost VHS sales because it wasn't selling that well.
1: That's weird. Yeah,
2: which seems like a weird business decision. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's a thing that... Is almost more well known by some people than the movie itself. It's just one of those risque things in Disney movies, and it's one of the few that's actually true. Right. Uh, oh yeah, because another Little Mermaid one is the the priest has has some something showing in his robes or whatever, but it's it's just his knee, guys. Yeah. It's just his knee, but this one was actually in there.
0: Yeah, I'm am one of then then the people that was not known to because I was not aware of this, but. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was a whole thing. <laughs> and we still don't really know who put those in there or why. But they were in there at one point. Like there, you can find photographs. It definitely was in there. And now we've talked about it. So everyone should hopefully be satisfied because I really don't have much else to add to it.
0: <laughs> well, under the how's it hold up? This is just my own theory. You know, Ava Gabor is very... uh very well known as, as, again, being fond over, you know, people opening doors, you know, holding out their arm for escorting. She's just very, almost like royalty. So I wonder if some of the characterization with Bernard, you know, just doting all over her is more of an homage to Ava Gabor, the actress. I don't know. I just... It's just a thought, uh, you that know. Seemed,
2: I that definitely seems possible. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just uh, so I don't know because you know one of the you know big things when when the head whatever or the one of the guys was telling her that she needed to have a, a co agent with her, then all the. I don't know if all the agents were male there, but all the male agents seemed. There was to, a
2: couple women, definitely, oh, okay. but I don't. I don't think any of the women were shown to be volunteering.
0: Right, and all the, which is all ridiculous. the men. ridiculous. Yeah.
2: Of course, some of the women would want to be with Bianca. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but all the men unanimously were all raising their hands. So, you know, that being said, again, she just, you know, her character and her the real life actress is is someone that was almost treated like, you know, like royalty and and doted over. But I don't in you know hows it hold up. I don't though like unless you knew that and were familiar, you know, it's just too much of a trope that, you know, again damsel in distress, a woman always needs help. That's why I was
2: which I don't think she ever really was in that position. Right. It was just how she kept being viewed by Bernard. But uh, again, I think Valerie has a point in that it's more just like he likes her. And so he's like, I would rather be the one in harm's way than her, which is a little yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. And he does. It's say something that. worth
2: discussing, I think. But yeah. it's I don't think it ruins the film or anything like that. Yeah,
1: it's not like ben Knobs and Broomsticks where the guy was like, women always lose things. Right. Or they can't drive, so let me drive. It's like, whoa, whoa. You don't even know her. Calm down. No. He was... Bernard was always like, I will... Let, let me go check that out first. Or like, I'll go over this thing. Like, just wait here.
2: And then he almost dies and she has to come help anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's go on to our... Spoiler alert skip to
0: 59 minutes and 27
2: seconds. The the music and gags when the old country animals came to the rescue, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that that music was just overtly cartoony and they sure were just
1: The animation was too. They had
2: they had so many gags just trying to get there and then all the silly shenanigans they were up to as trying they were trying to rescue it was it was an interesting tonal shift
1: yeah i like some of the gags but i think some of the speed up in the animation with them running was a little too much for me Mm, sure Uh, sure but i didn't hate it
2: um i didn't hate it either but i guess the whole climax to this movie feels really quick to me and doesn't feel very satisfying. I don't know. It just feels like it goes from we have the thing to, oh, okay, suddenly she's being rescued and all of this stuff is happening and she's defeated. Okay, cool. Like I mean, it just, it feels like it happens very quickly.
1: They do the, they, they tell you the plan early on. The they film, do though. set
2: stuff up. Like, like, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't necessarily think it's bad, but for me personally, it just didn't feel like a very satisfying climax. It just I don't know. It had build up. I don't know what it was that was lacking for me, but I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but I just kind of it got to the end of of defeating them and rescuing her and I didn't really feel anything. Maybe that's just a me problem, I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem, honey. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> no, um I think I don't know. I don't I don't know if, if that if that was really how it struck me as as much um i just feel like this movie in in and of itself was shorter than i remembered so yeah it's mm, a
2: pretty short film
0: yeah so yeah to me it was more of of that wow this is already over uh but yeah i I, but i I definitely see why you may may feel that way i do think it helped that i think the wow it's already
2: over was part of it for me too Like, it just, it felt quick, and it's like, oh, okay, we're already done. Right. I think it's not necessarily that the pieces weren't planted before, but that they were then sprung so quickly. I don't know. It feels like if if elements of it hadn't happened all at once or as quickly as it did, it might have flowed better for me. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, and you talk about there's a whole scene in the zoo where you don't think it needed to be there. So it might just be an issue with the pacing or like filling the story out enough to have a full, a full film. Yeah. Maybe that was put in to pad the time because the ending was so wrapped up so quickly. I don't
0: know. Possibly. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because you don't, I, I don't know if it did a distinctive enough job to show who was putting all the pieces into play. Like, I don't remember who set off the fireworks, per se, or. One
2: you of know. the country yeah. people. Two of them, I think. I feel like there's two, there was of two them, people
1: it was in the there. The mole and, and maybe the hare.
2: The hare was all over. Yeah. Because he helped with the crocodiles and stuff, too. That's but I think cute. you're right that the hare was helping with the fireworks. I guess he can bounce. We never see him do it, but I guess <laughs> that's part of how he's able to get around so quickly.
0: Well, and also, you don't see the uh, the country crew being. Part of them going over the plan with it. So I mean, yeah, I think, that, I think like that's
2: that's true. That's part of it. Is like the country, the the hair. He helps with the whole crocodiles and elevator plan. But you don't ever get a moment where they actually tell him about that.
1: I mean, you could argue you that. can
2: intuit that they did it, but it's just
1: or even Evan Rude did it. Like yeah. he, he was around or he was. Can anyone
2: the-
0: understand him? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Everybody. I don't but, think that yeah. we had
2: a part where it was like luke talking to r2 and you understand that luke knows what r2's beeps mean the only times that he seems to communicate is showing up which they knew was a signal and handing a letter over Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure if that holds water to me
0: well i guess bottom line is i think that maybe the problems that we have pointed out could have been remedied by having a get-together scene where they kind of hammer out the plan a little bit better and you see some of it put into play to set it up, then I don't think it would have been as anticlimactic.
2: The only ones of the country characters that, that our main two characters even met was the, the husband and wife. Like they didn't meet the owl or the rabbit or the turtle or any of them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think inserting a scene where they, do meet them and talk about okay we're gonna do this and this would have gone a long way and it feels like it could be slipped in there pretty easily too because you basically go from like okay we got to get you out of here and talking about what the plan's gonna be to then her having to do oh and to evan rude getting stuck in the bottle because he can't get over there Mm -hmm. to her and the thing so it's like i don't know like maybe right after her They talk about the elevator thing, then they go talk to them. I don't know. It feels like it could have been in there somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think that they might have written themselves in a corner a little bit, because once they get to her, it seems pretty urgent that they want to rescue her before she gets put in the black hole again. Which doesn't
2: even work out.
1: Right. Like, quickly get changed. There's no talking about, like, we need to let people know... And we need to wait for the right time.
2: Like, I don't even understand how the country animals knew that Avon Reed showing up was a sign yeah, to do anything. Exactly. Because there's not a scene that shows them being given that information. Right. Yeah. I think well, other than Why I the think, ending feels unsatisfying to me.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, the uh, one of the country, the, the initial country woman said, just sent even rude back if you need our help so once he came back i guess that so was the but signal. if that's the
2: case then why did they gather up all those other characters that we hadn't seen like why were they there waiting for something like because yeah if she said something like that that's like a if you need help rather than a we expect you definitely will so we're gonna gather our friends and wait for the signal like those are different things If it was just that, then like Avonrood would have showed up and she would have seen him and then she'd be like, oh, we got to get the whole crew together. But that's not what happened. The whole crew was already together.
0: Yeah. I know. And one of them made reference, I think, when the crew was together that, oh, no, you know, we've got to, we've got to help rescue Penny before she gets the black hole. Yeah. And that we got to wait for
2: Avonrood to show up. And it's like, how, like, you're giving us the audience that information now, yeah, sure. But how did you have that information?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, definitely, I think it 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 could have been the, these problematic parts could have definitely been re- you know remedied. They could have, if they needed more time, they could have taken out the zoo scene and they could have had you know a more distinctive before and after meeting up but or the whatever. The zoo scene
2: was very low effort animation relatively. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's probably a matter of, like, needing to get the movie out and not necessarily having time to animate that scene, which would have had a bunch of characters that would have all needed to be animated. Mm -hmm. Compared to the zoo scene, that's just two characters and mostly in very wide shots and stuff like that. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
2: Are we done with spoilers?
1: Well, just the, so she gets adopted at the end.
2: Oh, yeah, we can mention that.
1: And yeah, that's that's nice. Oh. Yeah, that was cute. I like that part of the name. she all, right? also reveals that, like, yeah, she could talk to mice.
2: <laughs> yeah, she just tells a reporter, and he's like, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, can only she talk to mice? Is this an all dog? My situation?
2: assumption is that children can. Yes, yes. That's my assumption, especially given the sequel where another child is able to do that. Yeah. But it isn't ever really
0: said.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just curious about this universe.
0: Yeah, well, she also was like, yeah, they talk, you know, they're just like us, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. It was very cute. I assume
2: it's just that kids can, and then it's like, what, that movie with the babies or whatever, where they reach a certain age and they forget all of this stuff? You reach a certain age as a child and you forget that you could ever talk to animals.
1: Yeah, because also she talks <laughs> to Rufus, so yeah. it's not just mice. Like, no, yeah. Just animals, probably.
2: She talks to the alligators, but they don't actually talk back, but... No.
1: Yeah, and then they immediately turn on uh, Medusa, I guess because she stepped on them whenever they're running She didn't
2: just step on them, but when she was, like, holding the rope and and was on them as the boat was going, she was, like, like, whipping them with the thing for no real reason. Yeah. Um, The gators turned on her. Yeah. And presumably maybe ate her, who knows.
1: Uh, and yeah i guess that's another question too of like what happened to them
2: i mean the other guy seems like he's probably fine he's swimming away but his clothes are tattered but he's just laughing yeah i don't know who knows yeah, yeah. the movie wasn't concerned with it so they clearly don't want us to be either
1: and and then yeah how does She goes back, and so she tells them, no, I went with this lady, the one who lived across the street at the pawn shop, because she wanted me to get this diamond, which I have, which is in the, the, which is in Teddy. That's fine. But yeah, like, do they go all the way? I'm assuming it's like Louisiana or something.
2: Something like that. I don't know.
0: So, I don't know.
2: There's a lot that is just very much skimmed over. It's fair. Yeah.
0: And Annalise, uh my youngest daughter, uh, Danica's sister, made the I point that... I feel like you that, say
2: that every time you ever mention her in this podcast, and I don't know that you need to.
0: <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that they... Maybe someone's listening to this out of order. I don't know. Sure. But, uh, no, but uh, she made a good point was that Medusa did not plan very well sticking her diamond in Teddy because she should have known that little Penny would never give up on, on Teddy She was like, I have a gun, it's
2: not going to be a problem. Yeah,
0: like, I'm an adult and stronger than her.
2: I have a gun and I'm not going to be attacked by a bunch of furry critters out of nowhere, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That would be ridiculous if that happened. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, it did seem a little... Une- like, did you have no other stuffed animals or anything that you could hide the jewel in? I don't know. Yeah. Seems unnecessary.
0: Yeah. Just unnecessarily cruel, but also Penny was not about to give up on her little teddy bear.
2: I think as long as we just keep in mind that this character is based on a man's wife who he hates, then it all makes sense, really. <laughs> <laughs> just depict her as cruel and uh, needlessly... So as, as you can, and, and you're good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because also, <laughs> also both, both adults real quick after, of course, they grabbed, plucked the diamond out of Penny's hand and then she got thrown back and almost back down the well. They, they could care less what Oh no, they didn't care about her they at that point. They could care less that even, yeah. Yeah. They're terrible people.
2: Let's be done with spoilers. Let's go on to favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie?
1: uh I given what you said uh, that she was Medusa was based on a person, I think the the one where she's talking to Penny and removing her makeup because the implication of that
2: yeah of like how fake she is or whatever right. I feel right. like it's part of the implication.
1: Yes, yes that yeah,
2: yeah, no fair that, that
1: feels like it came from a really personal spot of like watching her do that
0: or something it's yeah gross.
2: No. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Uh, I I was like, I know it
2: has to be a scene with her, but yeah, you're right. I think that's the worst.
0: Yeah. I I'm, I'm just going to have to join in with that because yeah, she, I mean, so, so much of her characterization was so uncomfortable because she just was that exaggerated the way she carried herself. There was no break from that. There was, she was a one dimensional character to me. So it just... and just Which, I mean, no there are plenty of,
2: like, pretty one-dimensional Disney villains that are a lot more fun than she is. Mm-hmm. I think it's just... I think you can just... Even if you don't actually know what the deal is with her design or anything, I feel like you can just feel the hate and resentment and how she's drawn. It just... She doesn't feel fun to watch. Maybe there's her sidekick, really, but her especially. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, is another reason why I prefer the sequel because I enjoy that villain.
1: Actually, I will say the one thing that I liked one of one of her depictions is whenever she came in uh, after she went searching for Penny and her car thing had kind of like had smoke coming out of it. And she bust through the door. And so she has smoke.
2: And, and I think she, she had has, like her cape thing. Yeah, she has of... a black
1: cape and like a black hat. And it felt kind of maleficent-like. It also it
2: felt looked, kind of Cruella Deville-like. I think.
1: I I thought it looked cool and more towards a kind of fantastical evil representation yeah. of like with the black cape and like the back, the smoke and the, the backdrop. I thought that looked cool.
2: Yeah.
0: But other than that.
2: Yeah. Agreed. What was your favorite scene in the movie?
0: I don't, it's going to have, well, you know, it's funny. I I don't, I, I can't get, well, no, I can. Mine is almost, I, again, I adore Penny, but mine is almost going to have to be the very end when uh, Bernard and Bianca and Avonrood are on the Albatross again to go to another His mission. His name because, is Orville.
2: Stop forgetting Orville's name. On
0: Orville, yeah, sorry. We're they were, we're, on were on Orville right. to yeah. go to another mission and Avin Rude with his little scarf and sweater. I don't know. I just can't get those images out of my... They were all too adorable in their winter clothing. They were just adorable.
2: I think my favorite scene is where they're just flying and, like, having a nice little adventure on Orville. And it's just kind of, like, you see them just on his back. And then, like, it's raining and and they have a little umbrella out and... And then she's all sleepy, and she just nuzzles against him, and he like oh, he like yeah. awkwardly does his, his arm around her shoulder, and it's like, dude, she's been flirting with you since minute one. She's of course fine with that. <laughs> you don't have to try to be surreptitious. Um, yeah, it, it's it was cute. Uh,
1: I think my favorite is the uh, the beginning in the Rescue Aid Society when like when she comes in. And then whenever uh, she volunteers and points while uh, Bernard's trying to get out of the bottle uh, for him to just fall back in and she's the one that he chooses or he's the one that she chooses. Yes. To uh, accompany
0: her on the mission. Yeah. That's good. That was cute. Yeah. I like all those things. Good good choices, you got.
2: Least favorite character in the movie.
0: (sighs) I mean, Car- you're supposed uh, to just like Medusa. Medusa. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's her, just because, I mean, you can death of the author however much you want, but I know what yeah. her deal is, and it just makes her very uncomfortable to watch.
1: Yeah, and it's Snoops otherwise.
2: Yeah, Snoops is boring. Like, right. both of the villains in this movie are not very good.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, for different reasons, but just, Snoops is uninteresting, and she is... I mean it's just gross. Yeah. And she also just I mean, she just feels mean and spiteful and not in a fun way. She's no Cruella Deville, that's for sure. That's fair. And both of them pale in comparison to like Creech or whatever his name is, the dude in the and down under who oh. the poacher guy. He's way yeah. better a villain than these two.
0: Um, well on that note, even comparing her to Cruella Deville, because you know, I know, well, anyway, I, I loved how Cruella Deville had her calm moments and her even charming moments. And then she, you know, then turned up the volume and became menacing and evil. Whereas Medusa was just this, this mean, menacing, whatever, a hundred percent of the time. So there's just like, there, there was, was no the peak. scene
2: where she was taking off her makeup and was trying to be sweet to Penny or whatever, but that was, the first time, really, that she, like, calmed down a little bit at all. and Yeah, yeah I mean, she yes. just feels yeah, gross just and fake one-note. and also like a dude had a hate grudge against her or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just gross. Favorite character? I mean, can it be anyone but Bianca? I mean, well, I, I feel like it has to yeah, be Bianca. I feel like
1: your mom has a different...
2: Mom probably does, but
0: uh, Bianca's I such adore a Bianca, I but it has to be Avonrood. I loved him so much. This dragonfly was just... I loved him.
2: Mom, bad news for you. I don't know if you remember, but Avonrood is not in the sequel.
1: I know, I know. But Neither is Orville, but out. we'll
2: discuss that when we do the movie. Um,
1: No, No, yeah, she's lovely uh, and she has uh, really funny lines. Yes. And she, like, yeah. She's a
2: lady it. who knows what she wants, and that is adventure and a himbo.
1: Yes. <laughs> and this dumb mouse over here.
2: <laughs> I feel like Bernard's strong enough to qualify. He definitely has the heart of gold, and he's definitely a dummy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Bernard, I would agree that Bernard is a himbo.
2: Yeah. That's our hot take of the
1: movie. <laughs> Put that in the tagline of <laughs>
0: this episode.
2: Um, yeah, Bianca's amazing. And yes, Avon is very cute too, Mom.
0: <laughs> oh God! This movie—forgot how much. This
2: movie was. wasn't a musical, but it did have songs. So, what was your least favorite song?
1: Oh gosh, I wouldn't know.
2: Yeah, right. That's kind of the to, problem. I, I couldn't distinguish.
0: Favorite. Yeah.
2: My least favorite isn't songs that i dislike it's just all three of the shelby flint sung songs <laughs> because they basically are the same song to me so in my mind there's basically two songs in this movie oh. <laughs> so that's my least favorite but not because i dislike it and then my favorite is rescue aid society because it's memorable even if i don't want to actually listen to it on my headphones because it's not very well sung i
1: would and i would i know you I would love it. Um, Gosh, I I, yeah, I wouldn't know which one to pick as the least favorite.
2: Do you want me to tell you the names again?
1: (sighs) There's the intro one. There's the one which is the journey.
2: Tomorrow is another day. I think.
1: Sure.
2: Probably because it's also reprised, and I think that it's reprised at the end when they're also flying. Sure. And then someone's waiting for you.
1: I'm gonna say someone's waiting for you is my least favorite. I'm just
2: gonna dig on Sammy Fain who helped do that one.
1: Sorry, Sammy. (laughs) Uh, And then yes, Rescued Society is my favorite. How about you, Mom? Well, I don't want to
0: pick one of those three songs because I like them. I'm going to say I don't the, dislike the, them.
2: I'm just... To my mind, there are two songs in this movie, so... <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, no. That's fair. What I was going to say is it was not a full musical number, but I don't like the, the kind of like, you know, when they're dancing around, I don't know, to the fireworks... The you know the almost the fiesta. Reference. I don't think that I'm counts. i I don't
2: think I don't think you I'm can claim that. It. There needs to I'm there needs that. to be vocals. <laughs> I would if you oh, if you really want another one that isn't the these main ones, you can go with the kids singing at the end on the on the TV. That's at least yeah, like that's at least <laughs> a song.
0: <laughs> I think I would just say that if I have to pick one of them, I guess that that maybe the open the original one not not someone's the journey yeah the journey and not the someone's waiting for you because I, I i like that one that was really heartfelt and then but my favorite is definitely rescue aid society
2: nice what character would tim curry have played if he were in this movie i mean pretty much definitely mr snoops right
0: yes yes okay. he needs yeah he could he could have made snoops so much i mean better.
2: i don't know who else like who else would he play I feel like Mr. Snoops is really the only one he could even slot. Maybe the dude who's leading the thing at the Rescue Aid Society?
1: Rufus or he's not good as an old man cat? Mm, that... An old lady cat? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I was gonna say it, maybe um, maybe uh, uh, who's the one always taking swigs? Uh, of course that guy has oh, that No, really but good I like but...
2: that guy and he's a hick like yeah, he needs yeah. to have a really yeah. country voice Yeah,
0: they're all country voices. This is true yeah, history. I don't think he can be
2: the country folk. I don't. Have you ever heard Tim yeah. Curry do a country folk voice? I don't think I have, and I don't know if I want to. I do. I want to hear it. I do want to hear it.
1: Um, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: <laughs> but he. Yeah, he would. He would have made Snoop's more interesting. What if he was the reporter who interviewed Penny? Oh, and, like, that'd,
2: be and, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Too much
1: spoilers. No, it's okay.
2: Fine. What if he was Avon Rude? He just does those <laughs> vocal sputters. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me look up who actually, because there is a voice actor for Avenrude. Avonrood is voiced <laughs> by James McDonald. What if we got Tim Curry to, to do James it instead?
1: <laughs> Don't
0: be rude make to James McDonald. It could be an additional role for Tim Curry, but that could be his only role. That would be too much <laughs> of a waste of Tim Curry. You gotta be able to hear his voice.
2: I feel like Mr. Snoops is the most obvious and probably the best one. But, I mean, he's not... Mr. Snoops is still probably going to be pretty Even uninteresting. They, what about
1: the Albatross? What about Orville?
2: I guess he be, could be he okay could be as Orville. He could be okay as Orville. I don't feel like there's any really individual role that Tim Curry's really best suited for in this movie, that but it's fine. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate this one.
0: I don't know what to read.
2: It'll it. <laughs> be busy.
0: I was thinking I do not want to go first, <laughs> so I'm hiding back here in the background.
2: I get to go last because I thought invisible. of this podcast. That's my privilege. Do, do, do,
0: do. <laughs> you little, okay, you little stinker. Okay,
1: well of course I would recommend it, uh, but there are a number of
0: issues,
1: shortcomings in this film. I recommend it because I like it.
2: That's valid. <laughs>
1: Uh, Even though that big glaring thing with uh, Medusa's inspiration makes it a bit upsetting to watch, does it ruin the film? I'm going to give it a three point five. I think.
0: Yeah, I was actually I was thinking that that same actually I was thinking that identical rating as you, Valerie. I was thinking three point five. I'm waffling a little bit if I should knock it to 3.25, but I I think I'm gonna hang with 3.5 because I feel like Ava Gabor, uh, Bob Newhart, and just some really you know strong strong characters I think and Avonrud I love you know but no but just pulled the movie through Penny was adorable and overcame but I think definitely you know having the ickiness with Medusa's characters with, you know, some of the writing um, definitely knocks it down below a four, but I would also recommend it.
2: Uh, Yeah, I would recommend it before we started recording. I was thinking hypothetical scores in my head and I was around like a three, Um, but talking about it, I've decided that was wrong. It's actually less. So (laughs) I'm going to go with a 2.5. And I mean, I just feel Medusa is not a very compelling villain and is also gross in conception. The ending is kind of rushed and not amazingly done. The overall vibe of the film isn't super fun for me to watch or the visuals of it. So yeah, I mean, I think I feel like if this movie didn't have a sequel that eclipsed it in most ways, that didn't give me more Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor as a tag team rescuing a child... That it would probably be a little higher because it would have that novelty of being the only thing that can give me that dynamic, but it's not, so I'd rather just watch the sequel
1: well, we will
2: we will so i yeah, so I think I don't think it's a terrible movie, so I would recommend it. It's a fun little movie, but i just feel like it has a lot of flaws and just a lot of things that turn me at least individually off, and kind of like you said, I like it. Kind of like for me, I don't like it very much. So that's inherently just going to be part of my rating. So yeah, I think 2.5. Um, I think it's worth a watch if you are if you like the concept of it. Um, if you just want to watch Disney movies, like whatever. Um, it's a cute little movie, but I'd rather watch its sequel.
1: And we will. That mess. And we that's will.
2: <laughs> Next time, we're going to watch these two little mice go to the Great Down Under and rescue a kid who is... A lot stupider than Penny is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's what we're going to do next time. So (laughs) listen for that. Thank you for listening to
0: this. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Stay safe, everyone. We're thinking about you. These are um, trying
2: times. Please be safe.
0: Yeah. Please be safe. And, and do like subscribe, uh, let us hopefully brighten your day in, yes. in some of the, all of this all of this darkness. So exactly. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Bye. 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 Love y'all.
2: This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreoncom user equals Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http://creativecommons.org/licenses/by/3.0. Slash 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 Thanks for listening.